0: Welcome to Bear Books Podcast. I'm Daisy Ray.
1: And I'm April Berry. This is the podcast that introduces indie authors to their readers.
0: Together we're looking for our next favourite author. Hi, welcome to this week's episode of Bear Books Podcast. This week we are going to do a little bit of a recap of the eight authors that we have interviewed during season two. It's been a fantastic few weeks, hasn't it, eight?
1: I've absolutely loved it. Um, I've loved some of the books that we've read and talking to some of the authors. Some of them have been, well, amusing and others have been really informative. Others have been lively and bubbly.
0: Yeah, absolutely.
1: Yeah, I've I've enjoyed the interviews and I've enjoyed reading the books as well.
0: Yeah, we've had some very funny moments, I have to say. We've learned a bit. Yes. Do you remember when um, Elizabeth Thomas was trying to do that English accent? I thought that was hilarious. Yeah. (laughs) More about that later.
1: (laughs) Yes, yeah. Mm, yeah, there was something, there. Tina's bit of a porn.
0: Yes, Tina's soft porn moment.
1: Yes, <laughs> yeah, we've, had, we've had some fun, we really have.
0: Yeah, we have. Characters that look like gargoyles, we've had the old psychopath. <laughs> it's been an entertaining few weeks.
1: We've had more than the old psychopath.
0: I'm talking characters here, not authors.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Just
0: so you know. <laughs> we loved our authors, honest.
1: Yeah. None none of them came across as psychopaths, did they?
0: Not that we'd tell you (laughs) on (laughs) here. No, they were lovely. They were lovely, lovely people. We're going to have a recap
1: then. I've got a question for you, though, before we recap. Have have you worked out which was your favourite book yet?
0: Well, actually, when it comes to having a... Favourite? I do like that one. I do. I'm i looking at the list in front of me. Well, that's no
1: good. You're looking at a list. Come on.
0: I know. But I've got, I've got three that I really, really like. Yeah. I'm going to try and whittle it down while we have a conversation about them.
1: Maybe not whittle it down.
0: Maybe I'll just keep three. Yeah. Can I have three favourites?
1: You can, yes.
0: Excellent.
1: Can I have eight?
0: No. Oh, damn. Well, it's like saying, who's your favourite child, when you have to love them all.
1: Yeah, well, you have to love them all. You don't have, you to, have to love them all. Have love them all. <laughs>
0: yeah. I have to love mine.
1: Are your children listening to this then?
0: I hope not. <laughs> <laughs> I love my children. Thank you very much. <laughs> right, let's have a little bit of a recap then on the eight books and their authors from this season so far then. So, we started off the beginning of season two talking to Damien Lennine. He wrote a book called Scard that he wrote in...
1: I should have been called Scared, not Scared.
0: That's because you're a scaredy cat. <laughs> it was actually called Scarred, not Scared for April. <laughs> Damien wrote this one while he was in prison and it was contraband. And if he'd got caught writing it, then it would have been confiscated and we never would have got the opportunity to sit and talk to him on the podcast. He wrote it all in longhand, which must have been a bit of a nightmare when it came to editing, can you imagine? Because you can't exactly cut and paste a bit to another bit and change it round without writing it all out again, can you? No,
1: the book made me have nightmares, never mind it being a nightmare for him to read it. Damien
0: himself and his lead character in his book, Jason Ennis, they were very closely matched, shall we say? There was a lot of Damien in Jason and a lot of Jason in Damien, but obviously massively exaggerated i hope yes how much of this was fiction and how much of this was part biographical shall we say
1: i wonder if tina's was part biographical because that was our second book weren't it tina marie I actually thought it was really funny, to be honest. I'm not a a great lover of of romances, but this was a romance in a bit. It was more than, than just a romance book. There was lots of characters in it, which I really liked.
0: Yes. And even though she was really successful, the lead character, she was emotionally weaker. She doubted herself constantly. She just didn't have the confidence that she should have had for the amount of Success,
1: the amount of success that she had in writing and the fact that her first book was being turned into a film that Ben was actually starring in. Yeah. I mean, I like, I like the characters of, of Ben and Abby. They were funny. I mean, how does somebody get to be a 40-year-old and not know the difference between a mobile phone and a penis? penis? That's the one, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, really, where's she been? She's got children. You know, somebody needs to tell her this.
0: Yeah, it was a very, very funny moment in the book. They were a little bit of a highlight, to be fair. Not exactly my cup of tea. Not the way it was written or the author or anything. I thought they were excellent. But the actual subject of the story, I'm not really a romance reader, but it was hilarious. I did enjoy it. And I have to say that the actual episode came across really, really well. And we've had some really good feedback from listeners about how funny that episode was. So, yay, well done, Tina Marie.
1: She was funny. I must say that I have actually gone on to read the other two books in the trilogy because the one that we reviewed, One Moonlit Night, was the first book of a trilogy.
0: Did
1: you? Yeah, I've gone on to read the other two as well. And actually, they're quite interesting. So she stops fawning all over him and telling him how handsome he is and how beautiful he is. It's really, really... Actually, the story is actually quite good. I did like it. So that that's kind of one of my favourites there. Um, uh,
0: okay. I've
1: got to say it was. An early favourite... I know. I don't know whether it was the book or it was Tina or it was a combination of both, actually, on that one.
0: Talking to the authors makes the books completely different. It does give you a whole new point of view on what you've just read or if you're partway through it, the second half of what you're about to read. It makes a massive difference knowing the author a little bit.
1: Yeah, it does. I enjoyed our interview with Bob.
0: Bob was brilliant. Bob Sharp wrote Alfred Jones and Son Brothers old alfred in this book honestly was i can just still see him in my mind's eye about him being akin to a gargoyle and what a weird and wonderful strangely ugly fascinating creature this man must be and how stupid they were soul collecting for the devil so they were trading in souls they were immortal undertakers they'd been around for like 600 years on this journey that they'd been on and this is the story of their life and the long-suffering wife of old Alfred with her incessant knitting the same piece of wool for 600 years and it not rotting I don't know how that happened
1: how can somebody be married to somebody for 600 years
0: well, you can fully see why she'd want to kill him off every now and again for a bit of peace and quiet, wouldn't you?
1: Yeah, you would. It's really funny, actually, because it's sort of Undertakers and 600 years old. When I was a kid, I thought that Undertakers never died. Why? I don't know. I just thought they were immortal and because well, they all look so old and, and ghost-like.
0: <laughs> Maybe they were born old like Benjamin Button.
1: <laughs> perhaps they were, yeah. No, I enjoyed, I enjoyed talking to Bob. I thought Bob was really, really funny.
0: He had a really good sense of humour, a really dry sense of humour, despite the fact that his book is actually one of my favourite three.
1: Oh, there we go. Good.
0: I thought it was fascinating. It was well written. The story was funny and engaging, and I just absolutely loved it. The characters were just immense.
1: The next uh, authors that we interviewed were Kerry and Drew.
0: Ooh, our first duo.
1: Yeah, and it was really funny. That, in- that interview just flew Because they were both so enthusiastic about their work, enthusiastic about each other enthusiastic about the book and everything and we sent them a list of questions before the interview and I kind of remember getting halfway through the interview and thinking oh I'll just rip those questions up then and throw them in the bin
0: yeah we're never
1: stuck to that (laughs) we never stuck to the information that they they were putting across to us yeah was kind of just the questions became absolutely totally irrelevant and they were both bubbly and lively and enthusiastic there were some really really clever concepts that book in the form of constructs yes I remember when uh, Kerry was saying about looking through was it the the housekeeping book
0: oh good housekeeping from the 1940s
1: and absolutely captured the essence in a net of the behaviors of that era and how you know women behaved and she was a war widow And then Duncan, who was the perfect child, far too perfect, if you ask me. (laughs) Yeah. Um, But yeah, very, very, very clever, very well written. And it must be really, really difficult for two people to write one book.
0: I think so, especially in this day and age where we're in a COVID-19 situation and people aren't meeting up and can't on occasions, having to do it remotely as well. Um, Because I remember when we were talking to them, the first time they met, they went for coffee in a cafe somewhere. And they got on so well, so instantly that three hours later, they had the outline for the first book right there and then. I mean, how good is that?
1: That's brilliant. And you could actually see the chemistry. Because obviously we do all our interviews on Zooms because we like to see what these authors look like. Because we're just really curiously nosy, to be honest.
0: Yeah, you can. They, They did get on really, really well. Kerry was a natural talker. Drew is... Drew is a thinker was the impression yeah. I got from him. He thinks about everything and all the connotations of every little thing that is in his thoughts, which makes him an excellent writer, I guess. That's what would help him with his writing. And Kerry is a natural talker, so she would get her inspiration from her interactions with people. So that between the two of them, they've got it covered, haven't they?
1: Yeah, of course they have.
0: Next up, though, we had Leanne Carman and her book, where the Truth Hides. Now this was a really really bubbly lively interview with Leanne. She was lovely right from the off. She was so chatty. She was. Wasn't she? She yeah. was really really chatty, absolutely brilliant. Her book Where the Truth Hides, it concentrated on DNA and family secrets and it had a really good twist at the end of the book. Now, I don't want to give the twist away right now, but Or do I? Should I give the
1: twist away? Oh, just give it away. (laughs) Come on, be a devil. We go through
0: this whole scenario where the lead character and her best friend are the two main characters in this book. And they have a really, really good relationship. They really are best friends in every way. They support one another. They can rely on one another. They would go above and beyond to save one another and do End of the book. Come on,
1: end of the book.
0: (laughs) (laughs) The main character in the book thinks she's absolutely losing her mind or everybody else thinks she's losing her mind. All these strange things are happening to her. And actually, it turns out that there is a DNA secret within the family and she's actually a twin. And the twin is completely psychotic. See, that's all you need to know. Now go read it.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's a really, really good book. I felt, I felt really, really sorry for Becky as the book went on. But yeah. I, I, now that, now that one is in my favourites.
0: Right? Yes, I do like that one as well. Yeah. Oh, such a good season! It's been such a good season. Who did we have next?
1: What are you doing? Got something on the roof of the conservatory, and I think it's squirrel banging about on the roof. Oh, it's just gone now. Sorry about that. That's (laughs) all I could hear. (laughs) squirrel running around on the bloody conservatory roof. Yeah, so if you can hear any banging and clattering in the background, I've got a squirrel running around on my conservatory roof.
0: If you wouldn't mind, Little Miss Unprofessional, can we get back to the authors on this season, please? Elizabeth,
1: that was a really, really good book, actually. I was quite excited when when I picked that up and I started to read that. And I liked the interview with Elizabeth as well. She was quite... I don't know, she was... We got to know a lot about her, but she didn't say a lot.
0: Oh, I don't know, I beg to differ. I thought she was hilarious. Oh, of course, yeah. It was a little bit different in the fact that she's the one of the interviews that we didn't get to see the video of, so it's hard to gauge a conversation when you can't see somebody's face. But on the plus side of that, it makes you work harder, listen better, I think, maybe, because you're not relying on seeing somebody's facial expressions. But with Elizabeth... Do you remember when she did the um trying to do the British accent yeah. with the Monty Python thing? Yeah. It gets better. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I absolutely love that. And can I just put this out there? Elizabeth Thomas's book, Arden's Act, is in my top three. It is a firm favourite. I love this one. Have you
1: notice that can me and you, we've not really got the the same favourite books, have we? We are opposites. Well, we're
0: opposites, yeah. aren't we? You're you're mental and I'm just fabulous.
1: No, I liked Elizabeth's Elizabeth's book. I find it really bizarre to sort of... I feel bad saying that was one of my favourites when actually all eight books were all really, really good. Do you think so? I do, yeah.
0: I'll tell you what, though. With indie authors, they work really, really hard. And the reason I say that is it's not just the case of the time it takes to write a book, which could be anything from a month to years, let's face it, whether it's longhand on a computer, on a typewriter, whatever they're doing, it takes years and years to perfect it, to edit it, to get it ready for publishing. And they're not even with a publishing house or anything. These are indie authors, remember. So they're doing all of this work with no guarantee at the end. I think that's amazing. And, you know, all credit to them. I think it's,
1: yeah, I, do I think too. they're
0: amazing people. Truly, 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 which is probably why we do the podcast.
1: So who was our next author after um, Elizabeth?
0: After Elizabeth Thomas, we interviewed Lisa Wright and her book was Operation Amethyst. We had um, a little bit really. We didn't agree on this one either because. This was like a book of two halves. So, you had the gratuitous sex in this book, which there was a lot of, oh my God. And then you had the Vietnam side of this book, which, you know, is an extremely serious subject. And the thing that fascinated me about Lisa Wright's book is the fact that to write this book, Lisa went out and she had loads of conversations with Vietnam vets. And what they went through and how they felt about things. And she'd talk to them about the characters in her book and ask them what they wanted her characters to do.
1: Yeah,
0: And she wrote it according to the answers that she got from these people. What fascinated me about this also was the fact that Lisa was a natural empath and had the book almost write itself. And she was saying at one point that, She was sort of talking to Elise, who is the um, female lead in her book, about you really have to do that, Elise. And like Elise was dictating what was going to happen next in the book and not Lisa herself writing it, which is a strange concept really for me. And it's like, is she writing the book or is the book just using her to write itself? It's a
1: weird one. I mean, when I first picked this book up and I read the first chapter, I was really excited for this book because it was war. It was grit. There was death in the first chapter. There was a helicopter crash. There was a, hmm. there was a woman wandering around in the jungle trying to escape from the Viet Cong. And then all of a sudden, we got introduced the romance part of it. And for me...
0: Romance? The clothes were off. She was straddling some bloody marine half naked. Well, more than half.
1: And for me, I didn't think that it needed to be in the book.
0: I tell you what, though, we have an awful lot to say about it. So, whatever she's written, it works.
1: That's true. And then our final book of the um, of the season was Bernie Hellier and Complicated Souls.
0: Favorite.
1: Yeah, me too. Favorite. All in it. Oh, both of us. <laughs> we do agree, yeah, on, this yeah, we agree on this one. Yeah, we agree on this one. Absolute favorite. The book was the book was a novella. It was only it was small. I read it in the morning. Well I started it the night before and then I read it a bit and then I picked it up the next morning and finished it all off absolutely brilliant loved it yeah lots of intentional red herrings in there uh, to throw suspicion on to Toby uh, Toby actually Kira was um, a therapist Toby was a patient yeah. client as you went through the book lots of suspicion was thrown onto Toby for some of the things that were happening uh, Kira comes over quite compassionate. Really, you know, wants to look after him, wants to nurture him. The, the bit I liked in the book was the description of Toby's mum after she'd just gone to buy cigarettes, and when Toby's mum was killed, I could just imagine her stood outside of a red brick built sort of porchy type thing with slippers on and a fag in her mouth, answering the door.
0: So every time you say that, I get a mental image of Andy Cap's mum. Do you remember the cartoon Andy Cap? That's what I get
1: in my head. Absolutely, that description. Bernie didn't say a lot and she didn't say that that was what was happening, but that was what I took from the book. And there was a lot in the book where I could actually visualise things happening.
0: Yeah, she didn't need to say a lot. She led us down exactly the right path, I think. Because when you get to the end, you realise that actually there were loads of clues along the way. But you would just automatically incorporate them into the story and move on when actually that, there's a big flag right there. It's
1: like, oh. So there we go. I've, that's, that is my favourite.
0: So who are your favourites then? Tell me again.
1: Tina Marie. I liked One Moonlit Night. Um, my next favourite was uh, Leanne Carmen. I'm saying next favourite, that's one of my top three. Yeah. But I think I've got to go with Bernie and Complicated Souls as being my favourite book. So what about you?
0: I'm not sure that these are in any particular order but my favorites are I do uh, my favorites are Bob Sharp Alfred Jones and Son Brothers because it was so well written so captivating and the characters were suitably quirky and dark I am a big fan of dark so I did like that one and I also thought that the author interview was mm. fascinating as well I really liked Bob as a person, as well as his book. He was quite an entertaining chap. Um, Another one of my favourites is Bernie's. The Same As Yours. Again, it's the dark thing. I can't help it. It fascinates me. It's well written. It's not overflowing with lots of words that I really don't need to be reading. It keeps me on track in the story. And I just wanted to read it. It was compelling, that one. I didn't want to put it down until I was finished. I also like Leanne Carman's one, which would be a third in my favourites, but Elizabeth Thomas, Arden's Act. I absolutely adore that book. I love the characters. I love that we've got a female lead that's as feisty as, and considering it's like 1661, was it?
1: Yeah, it was 1661.
0: When women were basically a byproduct of life. They were there to give birth to people and, you know, men were quite notorious for having a wife and a lover built somewhere else into their lifestyles. Arden was taking none of it. She was feisty, she was strong, she did what she wanted to do, her character was amazing. I loved Brian and the way that he was written, the way that Brian was written, especially after he died. Oh, I love Brian. And Robert, Robert was a bit of a
1: dick, really. Yeah, but he kind of came good in the end, Robert.
0: He was like eye candy filler material, especially at the beginning of the book. It did take him quite a while to grow a spine and to have some morals and ethics. I remember, like, when you know, when Sam was really worried about the girls at home when he and Robert were in France and he wanted to go back and find out what was happening. And Robert, he just didn't get it. Sam said, We need to go home, there's something wrong. It still took Robert another two days. To get his act together for them to go home, and in that time frame, the damage had been done. Everybody's life could have been so different if he'd just bothered to listen. I did really like it. I think it's an amazing. Oh, I do really like it. I think it's an amazing book.
1: Yeah, I'm getting the fact that you're waxing lyrical about this book that you actually really liked it.
0: And I always wanted a frock with a bustle. Were they in in 1661?
1: I have no idea. I don't. No, that's not the sort of thing I'd want to wear. As well as mine and Daisy's favourite books and favourite authors, there's also you, the listeners, and your favourite downloads. Which podcast have you listened to the most? Which book have you voted for? Well, we've counted up all the downloads, and the favourite author and the winner of the downloads is Bob Sharp with Alfred Jones and Son Brothers, closely followed by Damien Linane with Scarred. Both of them were extremely good books. So that was fantastic. Well done to both Bob and to Damien.
0: Okay, so next week we will be back and we will be talking to you about flash fiction because in the new year, Bear Books is bringing you flash fiction. And not only are we bringing you flash fiction, we are inviting you to write flash fiction. We have given out nine writing prompts for nine separate flash fiction stories we are going to write along with you as well and on the episodes that involve the flash fiction what we will do is we will read our flash fiction stories we will talk about them have a reaction to them good bad or indifferent i mean let's be frank we're going to be very honest about this but we're also going to choose a winner from all the people that send in flash fiction for us and you can either read that yourself on the episode. Or if you're not quite ready for that, (laughs) you can have April read it for you or you can have me read it for you. That's absolutely fine too. But the aim for the end of 2021 is going to be that we are going to publish an indie flash fiction anthology of all of the stories that make it onto the episode plus some of the absolutely fabulous runners-up. So it's going to be an amazing book written
1: by all of you that are listening today. It's going to be great. Can't wait. And it's going to benefit charity as well, because all the profits from that book, we are going to donate to charity. Have we decided which one yet?
0: I haven't. I don't know if we could, if maybe we'll split it or we can ask people's opinions and see what people's favourite charities are, or if there are any charities around fiction, maybe, or if we're just going to go completely outside the box and go for something that's just meaningful in this time of life, because life is really, really hard for a lot of people right now.
1: It is. But anyway, let's finish on a high note because I'm really looking forward to that uh, book being published and I'm really looking forward to next week's episode. Are you going to tell us about Norman, Daisy, next week?
0: Ooh. <laughs> yes. So let me give you a little bit of an insight into Norman.
1: No, 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 no. Leave Norman for next week. But April. Leave Norman for next but week. But
0: Norman.
1: We'll leave Norman for next week. We'll see you next week. Oh,
0: see you next week. Come back and hear about Norman. <laughs> oh, and before we let you go, just a quick reminder for you indie authors out there, if you've got your latest work and it's brilliant and you're just looking for the perfect platform for it just to let you know our submissions are now open for season three and will be until the 18th of december you can send your manuscript in pdf or word format to submissions at barebooks.co.uk can't wait to read them see you next week we have been daisy ray
1: and April Berry.
0: Come share your opinions about the podcast, our authors and their books on Instagram and Facebook at Bear Books Podcast or Twitter at Bear Books Pod 1
1: submit your book for a possible future review to submissions at bearbooks.co.uk. or if you've got any queries or any comments email them to contact us at bearbooks.co.uk.
0: Thanks to Simon Strong for the musical interludes you can find him on Instagram at dadnap.mp3
1: and if you like what we do here subscribe and share.
0: Thanks for listening.